Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Listeners, thank you for joining Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale. I'm your host, Lisa, and my guest is Susan Wilson. Susan has written a book called Making Sense of Menopause, and menopause is not a topic that we have discussed on this program yet. I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with us Um, (laughs) because it's a big deal. And um, Susan, you're going to help us understand it. Has your book published or is it to publish? No, it came out on February 15th. So it's been out in the world for two weeks. Hot off the presses. Yes. And and I'll bet, are um, are you doing the book tour thing? Are you signing and all that stuff or... That's a little harder in the COVID situation we're yeah. in because a lot of bookstores are not wanting to have virtual events yet. So I have a couple of things lined up, um, you know, on on the web uh-huh. instead of in person. I meant that bookstores weren't wanting to do in person. Yeah, so, that's um, true. It's a new new world order, as they say. Yeah. So It'll tell find us its way. Yes, tell us about yourself um, and how it is that you are an expert in on this topic. Well, I'm a nurse midwife, and I've been involved in women's health care now for 45 years, um, working with women in all stages of life, from teen years through having babies, gynecology, and then spent the last 20 years working exclusively with women in the menopausal transition. And I think this kind of naturally evolved in terms of that's where I was in my own life and was interested in that. And um, I just noticed some things working with women that seemed to pop up a lot. And my clients asked me, please, to write a book because they felt that I explained things in a way that they could understand them, that they felt empowered. So mm-hmm. I did that. <laughs> and I just want to say, um, she said 45 years, not 45 minutes That's right. <laughs> in, in the same industry, um, all about yeah. serving um, women um, as it relates to their health care. And so I think about the commercial, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Well, I'll bet you (laughs) have too. (laughs) I I have seen a thing or two. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And so um, are you one of those midwives that has gone to homes and helped deliver babies and that sort of thing? Um, I started out there. Actually, I started when I was in college um, volunteering in a a community crisis center women's clinic and would go down and work with the doctors and nurses there and do counseling and uh, help with exams, things like that. Uh-huh. And then I did begin my midwifery career in a traditional manter, uh, apprenticing with someone and working with a nurse midwife from the Department of Human Resources where I lived in Atlanta. And uh, after doing that for a few years, I was really clear that um, that was my path in life. So I went back to school again and got a nursing degree and a master's 
and midwifery from Yale. Well, I've been um, at it ever since. I started my time on the Navajo reservation for a few years. Mm -hmm. I've been to Africa, Alaska, worked with um, women down along the Mexican border and up in the Pacific Rim countries. I've been very interested in other cultures and what they teach us about um, themselves through their birth traditions and also just what's the same everywhere. We tend to think of ourselves as all being different and um, people being other than us, but we're all really basically from made of the same stuff and uh, I've, I've always found that fascinating. I was going to ask that question because there is, are we more different or are we more the same? I think you answered it for me. Well, I feel like, um, yes, we're all the, the same at root. We're, uh, um, we're the basic recipe, and I feel like cultures add spice to that recipe, different spices in a way. Um, but I think at root, and it's, I feel it's really important to remember this in these times when um, it seems like everyone wants to polarize us against each other in some yeah. form or another that you know we're all human beings we want the best for ourselves and our families we want uh, our children to be healthy we want them to have the opportunity to be educated and to have a full life and there are just many different ways of uh, going about that okay susan thank you for that that that's what i thought but it's good to have it uh to hear it from somebody else i do think we tend to focus on our differences and build our identity around our differences Mm -hmm. Um, and those are valid points as you say um, culturally inspired but at the core Uh, We probably feel and experience things and have the same desires um, as people in countries that we've never visited, um, living in ways that we don't understand. And it's important to um, tap that that truth, if you will, as we move forward. And I think also living in the same country, you know, we tend to divide ourselves by identities. Mm-hmm. and the ideologies that we get behind even in this country. But I think that at base, we all want the same things for ourselves, and it's a place we can connect. Yes, and one of the things we want is to understand our bodies and to be healthy. And that mm-hmm. brings us to menopause. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this question, and, and I'm, I'm asking this in earnest because I've heard so many different answers, and I've Googled it, but you get different answers. When, you, when should you expect menopause, or is it really different? Is there a big mm-hmm. span? When does it start, and how do you know, and when should you start <laughs> looking for it? I feel like um, menopause really sneaks up on women in a lot of ways because we think of it as something that's going to happen to us when we're older and always older than we actually are. (laughs) That's a good point, right? As women, we always just keep adding one more thing to our plate. You know, we have, we're generally in the workforce, we're raising children, we have households to take care of, we try to eke out a few minutes for ourselves. And we're just very busy and very engaged. And generally, it's not on women's minds, you know, they will 
begin to have symptoms and often not even realize that it's perimenopause that's happening to them because we don't talk about it enough and because they're not really expecting it yet. And often you can even go into a doctor's office and we're so specialized in terms of having a different doctor for every part of our body and being very oriented toward tests so you know a woman can go in with what are very normal perimenopausal symptoms and a doctor will run a whole barrage of tests following each symptom down to its root without ever thinking oh that's what's going on here even (laughs) though they know something about it so every now um, and then you might need captain obvious in the room right that's right (laughs) menopause itself doesn't start until a year after you've had your last period. However, most women have their symptoms in the five to eight years before that when they're in what we call perimenopause. And sometimes these things will just kind of sneak in. You're not sleeping as well or You might be feeling more tired than usual or more irritable than usual or your periods are a little less regular. Nothing that really clocks as, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah, that Um, could be any day of the week. So um, (sighs) often, you know, women don't really get what's happening until they're right in the middle of it. And as I said, doctors are often not a lot of help because they're not thinking in that way either. And many of the symptoms that you have during perimenopause, which are totally normal at that time, like irregular bleeding or hair thinning or sleep disruption or any number of things um, would be seen as signs of illness at any other time, but they're perfectly normal for this time of life. So many women feel that their bodies are breaking down, they're ill, there's something really wrong with them, um, and they worry for their health. And so it's important to understand that this can start, the symptoms can start a lot earlier than you would think that they would. You might not go through menopause until 52, but you're 44 and starting to have these symptoms. So I think awareness is really important. And one of the other things that's very important is if you are aware that this is what's going on, you can be more proactive about beginning to put some things in place in your life that will make the transition a lot smoother. And I definitely want to talk about that. But before we do, I want to go back because when you were listing what I know you three or three to five symptoms that you named, my mind immediately went to, oh, that's stress-induced. Mm-hmm. And and I'll bet you I'm not alone in that, and that um, when women start experiencing this, um, we dismiss it as it's just a stressful time. This will pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of does. It kind of comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps us believe that it's not menopause. And the other thing that I love that you said is, we always think about this as something that's going to happen to us when we get older. And 
we're always getting older and we're never getting older at the same time. So, um, yeah, we want to put, we want to say, look for this at 45 to 50, but it ain't that simple. That's Um, right. It is a continuum. The whole, all of our biological arc as a woman is a continuum from when we're in the womb until when we die. And it's interesting that you mentioned stress because stress is the key thing that has to do with whether a woman's menopause will be very, very difficult or whether they will move through with a little more grace because it is the uh, adrenal glands which manage stress in our body and the fat cells that are supposed to make our hormones in the second half of life as the ovaries wind down. And so most of us in this country anyway arrive at menopause very stressed and we're not even aware of it given that we've just, it's like the frog in the boiling water, the old adage, if you threw the frog in boiling water, it would jump right out. But if you put it in lukewarm water and slowly, slowly raise the temperature, it would die because it doesn't really clock what's going on. And the same thing with us. We just keep adding one more thing to our plate and adapting and one more thing to our plate and adapting. Mm -hmm. And then we arrive at menopause when the adrenals are supposed to take over from the ovaries, make our hormones help move us into the next phase. And there's nothing there to catch the ball because they're so exhausted, they can't do it. And so the body has to get its materials to make hormones with from wherever it can. And the body will always prioritize survival over reproduction because, you know, from the body's perspective, if you're not alive, it doesn't matter. So, (laughs) um, you know, the body will begin to steal our sex hormones and turn them into stress hormones. So whether you're early in the process or right in the thick of it, or whether you've even moved mostly past that, if you go through times of high stress, you will generally have symptoms again because your body's trying to manage all of that and keep it in balance. Let's talk about the symptoms. Um, Can you give us a laundry list? Oh, they are so different and global for many different women. But some of the key ones are uh, fatigue, um, sleep disruption, and that can happen either from cortisol levels that have to do with your stress or from blood sugar being unstable. Um, Women have irregular periods often, more tender breasts, Irritability is a big one, Uh, and I'm sure you can name a few more. (laughs) I'm laughing at irritability because I Mm -hmm. think the word menopause at one time was a synonym for irritability. Um, (laughs) And that kind of sucks for us as women because, and you've alluded to this, this is a natural part of being a woman. It's a natural part of of aging. Um, It might feel like an illness um, if we don't recognize what's going on and if we're so inundated with stress um, that our bodies start working against us. But um, it's going to happen if you live long enough. It's inevitable. 
it's not an option. You can't uh, opt out of it. So we better get our heads and hearts and minds and bodies around it um, and understand it as part of being a woman. You agree? Yes, but it's also that, that almost makes it sound like uh, it's inevitable. And this is the way we feel. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. I've got to get through it somehow. But it's actually a very positive time of life and very purposeful. Um, when we go through the hormonal change at menopause, there are a lot of changes to our brain because the hormones stimulate different parts of our brain. For instance, when we are in our reproductive years and the whole point is to be having babies, nurturing them, um, bringing them up, then the hormone estradiol that runs the menstrual cycle and, and helps all of that along also stimulates a part of the brain that would make you want to make babies nurture everything in sight that allows us to kind of be the doormat, if you will, for our families. Um, you know, we, we create the container, we hold it all, we nurture everybody and keep it going. It's almost like a hormonal trance that allows us to do that. And then when we get to menopause, the estradiol levels come down and estriol levels come up. That's a different um, estrogen in the body. And that estrogen in the menopausal years stimulates creative centers in the brain. So you have women wanting to finally start that business, dance that dance, paint that painting, write that book, do the thing that they feel like expresses their passion in the world. Susan, you just made me feel totally normal. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about something that happened um, recently. So in my younger years, um, when I remember being on a plane and I heard a baby crying and I mm -hmm. literally took my seatbelt off, was three seats back before I realized, not my kid, not my right. problem. Right. And I went back to my seat and sat down and I was very embarrassed. Um, recently, I was on a plane and I heard a baby crying and I smiled and just kept reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> not my problem. Yeah. Um, not so inclined um, to do all of that stuff anymore. And maybe it's just not because I'm getting mean, Brett. Maybe there's something else going on. No, I mean, oh. it, it's a very real thing that's happening hormonally. And I think on some level, like we were talking about irritability, well, some of the irritability is um, hormonally driven because of lower progesterone levels. Some of it, though, I think is culturally driven because as we, you know, as our levels of estradiol come down and we awaken from that hormonal trance and begin to be in the world in a different different way. It's like on some level, I hear women say it all the time. They just don't care as much what people think. You know, they're going to live their lives, if not now, when. And that can cause a certain amount of irritability, too, when people want to push them back into old patterns, old ways of being, mm -hmm. you know. And it, it causes some disruption a lot of times in families and partnerships because, People have come to expect something from you that you no longer want to give. 
in the same way. <laughs> I like this interview, Brett. You see me smiling. <laughs> Brett's my protection <laughs> manager. <laughs> I think you're just validating me all over the place here. Oh, good. <laughs> and you also make a good point. Um, and thank you for correcting me because I got to get my mindset correct on this. Um, it's not just something we have to push through. There could be positives, and these things that you're talking about help me see that. Mm-hmm. Well, what you expressed is very much the cultural view. Sure. And it's the way we've been made to think about it, certainly. And it's one reason that I really did want to talk about, you know, what nature's purpose is for having us do this, because there are only really two mammalian species that live past their reproductive years and one of them are humans and one of them are whale species and we both kind of have the same evolutionary task if you will and that is that you know we're the memory keepers in a way and we're the ones that can help to further the evolution of the species and not just our own children. Mm -hmm. So they have something they call the grandmother hypothesis, and anthropologists have been talking about this recently, um, where they're really seeing that once women lived beyond reproductive years, that they were able to gather more food, they were able to continue to nurture very young children that couldn't take care of themselves yet, but whose mothers could no longer prioritize them because they were already pregnant with the next child. And they had the long view of their tribe or their community so they could begin to tell stories and think in a way that was not just in the moment having to do with survival. So this woke up a whole different part of the human brain and made us begin to evolve. And in whale populations, they have very much the same role. If um, the hunting grounds are not plentiful, the grandmother whales are the ones that have the memories of old places that they can take the pod and you know help everyone to survive. So, and that's super empowering, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's exciting. Um, I mean, it goes right along with this whole idea of aging and full bloom that there's more to learn, there's more to experience, and you still have valuable stuff to give. And some of it's even like we're discovering it um, in our in our old age. What what we are, whatever people don't want to call themselves old. I'm like, I like old people. I like the fact that I'm getting (laughs) old. What are you talking about? Well, and it's a great time, too, and this is the other task um, for this time of age, is really to begin to integrate our lives, ourselves, our male and female sides, and our bodies help us to do that. And it's it's a great time to do what I call the yard sale of life when you can just pick up certain memories or identities that you've held or ways of being that you've had and pick them up and look them over and remember what they were to you and and say, wow, is this something I want to take forward into the next part of my life or is it time to let this go and to grieve the things we were never able to do that we wanted to and to celebrate what we did manage and just to take a look at our lives and become 
you know, more authentic in the present time, catch up to present time. It's a great time to do that. And that can be exciting. Yeah. Well, it makes the point, too, that our identity identity is not one and done. You know, you hear people talk, by age five, come on. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And I think it's important, and this is something I remind women of all the time, you know, when they come in in the thick of things and they just think, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I can't do this, why is this happening to me? Just remind them, you've got this. This is not the first time you've gone through a major hormonal change because the times of our hormonal transitions can be very challenging because we're literally and I mean this literally, being turned into different creatures. Mm -hmm. Just like, um, it's a little trite, but I love the uh, metaphor of the caterpillar and the butterfly because they have exactly the same DNA, 100% the same DNA. But if you look at a caterpillar and you look at a butterfly, they look different, they act different, mm-hmm. their um, longings are different, what they're trying to accomplish is different. Yeah. The only thing that's changed is that they went into this chrysalis, got melted down into mush, and turned into this new creature, which <laughs> is the same thing that's happening to us in menopause and at puberty. And any woman who's ever been pregnant can tell you yeah. <laughs> your body is not yours while you're pregnant. You're being literally turned into a creature that can grow a new human being from scratch and nurse it, make milk for it, you know, become a mother. That makes a, uh, you're making this point, um, and I'm definitely hearing it. I hope our audience is hearing it as well, that um, it's continual in our lifetimes as women, that there's constant change, and it's big stuff. It's big, hard stuff. It's mm-hmm. big, important stuff. And we can help one another. You know, yes. I mean, now I can understand when, and, and I, I always, when my mother used to say, well, I've been through it, I understand. That always made me mad because like, you're not me. You don't know how I feel it. But the truth is, she was a great help to me when my son was first born because she did okay. have all of this experience. And she she was the one who recognized I was in labor. I Actually, my son was born 15 <laughs> weeks early. Wow. And I said, no, it's just a spot. And she said, no, nah, you're in labor, girl, and we're going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, because she recognized some other behaviors. I was actually sitting on the floor rocking back and forth. Right. And she's right. like, I've seen that before. Um, mm-hmm. So we can help each other. We can understand that we have these different um, experiences and that it's real. It's not, we're not just trying to be difficult or mm-hmm. afraid. It, it's scary when changes occur and you don't. And that's why awareness is so important. It is. And I think it's important that we also remember that we educate each other as women. Yeah. And sadly, because of the way that women are often treated in the medical culture and in the culture at large, um, women have a lot of trauma around this. And so often the stories you hear about labor and birth are the horror stories, you know, about what was done to someone in the hospital or how the baby almost died or 
that and nothing about the, you know, how powerful a woman felt giving birth or being able to grow a baby. And the same thing happens at menopause. You know, we often hear the horror stories, and I have to believe it's because we do hold so much trauma from these experiences the way that we've had them that women are still processing this so i'm really hoping that women will there's a process in my book that anyone can use if they want to to kind of ask themselves questions about their life and what it was like for them when they were younger and what kind of support they may or may not have gotten as they became women, what some of their early experiences were like, and whose voice is it really that told you you were this or you're that, that you took into your identity that may or may not be true. And if we can tell our stories to each other, the good and the bad, that brings it all up into the light where we can understand it better, because so many women are still just trapped in the trauma understandably so i want to tell you um not next week but the week after i'm gonna go to florida and spend a week with a couple of girlfriends that i haven't seen one for about 20 years and the other um for about five and i'm buying your book we're reading it together (laughs) on the beach Uh, we, we have this habit of reading aloud um to each other we have all of our lives and we're going to start organizing our yard sales. How about that? <laughs> oh, you make me so happy. Oh, you make There's me so happy. I would love more than to <laughs> see women get together yeah. and do the, use this book together and tell stories to each other and, you know, just celebrate their lives. And well, that um, is exactly what we are going to do. And I will send yay. you an email and tell you how it goes. Thank you. In the meantime, thank you for writing this book, Making Sense of Menopause. Um, I can't wait to read it again and again because I, I, that's how I am with books. Once is never okay. enough. Um, and there's powerful stuff here. And if you're not excited about this particular episode, Maybe you're not a woman, or maybe you don't love any women. I don't know. But you should be excited if you care about women, because this is real. Uh, This is as real as it gets. Susan, parting parting thoughts for our audience? Well, just yes. um, That actually, the way the book is constructed, starting from how we become male or female and going all the way through, there's a lot of information about your body and how it works and you know nature's plan for our bodies that women of any age can really take in and find of use and many women have said oh i'm already through menopause i don't need that (laughs) but this book is actually written for women too that have already gone through the process in terms of composing this last arc of their life and making it everything that they want it to be. I figured there are already plenty of good books out there about how to deal with your hot flashes. And I (laughs) wanted to look at something that just said, what is this transformational journey we're on right now at this time of life? This is big picture. It's not mm -hmm. symptom treating. Right. Although there is a good chapter on that about how to, you know, help make this uh, process Mm -hmm. easier for sure. How to manage those symptoms. Yeah, but it's not the main thrust. Well, again, thank you so much. 
Um, sure. I may circle back around to you once I've read okay. it because I might want to um, ask you some more questions on, on air if you're okay with that. I would love to. Till next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back.